Well, welcome to 12 Stone Online. We're here at 12 Stone Church. We believe that one person matters, that you matter to God, and so you matter to us as well. And we would love to hear about the journey that God is bringing you on, uh, or if you have a prayer request, we'd love to hear that as well. Underneath me, you'll notice there's a Contact Us button that we would just love to hear the journey that God is bringing you on and be a part of that journey as well. So thank you for joining us here at 12 Stone Online. Let's turn our attention to this week's teaching. at home and there's no time to play life's a little more stressful each day even when we fall apart at the seams our family's gonna follow our dreams so we gotta keep it together because we know the future gets better even when the world says whatever the only thing that we can do is keep, keep it, it I'll get it. Thank you, sweetie. Why, hello there, young lady. Have you ever been interested in learning about topics from around the globe? Because with Encyclopedia Britannica, you can. That sounds amazing. It does? Oh, yes. Well, then allow me to introduce you to the letter G, because in this book alone, you can learn about geology, geysers, geometry, and gastronomy. Oh, sounds wonderful. Guess what else starts with a G? Gorgeous. Goodbye. Oh. Amy, you're the smartest little girl I know. All the information you need is right here. That science project tomorrow is going to go amazing. Who would have ever thought that from one single book we could learn about galoshes, gophers, and gum? And this thing only costs 40 bucks. What a steal, huh? Hey there, Bucket. Wanna play catch with me to prep me for the championship game tomorrow night? Jason, did you tell me that your championship game is tomorrow night? Yeah, Mom, I told you last week. Oh, boy. Amy's science fair is at the exact same time tomorrow. What? Honey. Did you know that gamma rays are a real thing? I thought they just made that stuff up for the Incredible Hulk. Michael, we have a problem. Jason's game is tomorrow, Amy's fair is tomorrow at the same time. So I guess we're just gonna have to split up so we can each go to one. Oh, honey, that's not gonna work. I have my employee dinner meeting tomorrow night, remember? The regional manager is going to be there and I cannot miss that. Mm. So you guys aren't gonna be at the big game? And I thought you were coming to my science fair. Well, kids, I guess we'll just have to come up with another plan. Heather can drive one of you. Bingo. Heather, I need you to take Jason to his game tomorrow night. I can't. I already promised Tommy that I would go see Total Recall with him. Well, I guess you're just gonna have to call Tommy and cancel it. No way. My word is all I have. And if I lose my integrity, then what do I have left? Hmm? Other than my looks and sparkling personality, of course. Come on. Can we not just have one night together as a family? Honey, we have nothing to worry about. If the answer starts with a G, we're gonna find it here in this book. Dad. And just like the Keep It family, all of us as families are figuring out how do you keep it together? Particularly when our calendars collide. And that's where we're going today for the teaching. How do you solve calendar? In fact, that's one of the four things that help keep a family together. So everybody grab their bulletins. Right there you have in your teaching notes those four things. Let's get to them. We've been talking about these. Of the four things that keep a family together, number one is build solid. Build solid. We launched with that. We use that whole uh, chocolate bunny illustration. And if you miss that, Get online, get to week one. Because a solid bunny takes about 75% more chocolate than a hollow bunny, but when you put pressure on it, it holds together. That's true with marriages, families, even dating relationships that build solid. And by the way, to build solid means put Christ at the center. Hmm? When you put Christ at the center, when you build solid, the next thing you do is build sacred. It's where we left off last weekend. Building sacred, it, it's... It's those things that are wholly set apart. And really it is the mortar that holds the bricks together. 
In fact, we made that part of your homework. I hope you did your homework. We gave you some online options. We gave you some illustrations last weekend to use. We gave you all kinds of opportunity. I hope you used it this week. And maybe you're not done yet, but we're going to build off that because the way you solve calendar, fill in the blank number three, the way you solve calendar is built off from sacred. In other words, you solve calendar by aligning the sacred. Once you settle what is sacred, you align your calendar around sacred. And that really solves about 50% of your conflict. So before we get to week four, solve conflict, which is really the one everybody keeps saying, man, you've got to get to the conflict conversation. It's the long-awaited. It's next weekend. But today, it's calendar. Get calendar aligned around sacred, and you'll solve the majority of your conflict. It's how you build the dating life the marriage, the family you really long for. So in your teaching notes, I gave you this paragraph on build calendar. Let me read it, you follow along. Since Jesus is at the center, new things become sacred, holy set apart, then we put the sacred into our calendar. Otherwise, the busy will crowd out the important. That's really what we're gonna talk about. Otherwise, the busy will crowd out the important. And when the busy crowds out the important, we lose. We lose the relationships we long for. We lose the marriage, the family, the life we dream of. So take your Bibles. Let's go back to Colossians, everyone. Grab your worship center Bible. We're over in Colossians chapter 3 again, page 1184, 1184, Colossians chapter 3. Now, we've been in this book because the Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Colossae. They've had false teachers bringing false teachings, taking the philosophies of the world and trying to mix them with Christianity, and it doesn't work. It undoes their faith. It puts lies in the midst of truth. So Paul begins to write and lay out the truth to build your life solid on Christ. Know what's sacred. Chapter 3, verse 1. Since then, look at this. We're talking about calendar and time. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now Paul's already talked about how you build your life solid since Christ is the center of existence, make him the center of your family. But right here, he is giving us an insight about time and calendar. Did you see it? Did it stand out to you? It didn't didn't to me at first. I read to read through this several times and begin to study before my, my mind, my eyes saw what was there. See, right there in what we read is a revolutionary view of time. It's God's revolutionary view of time. And that is eternal. See, Jesus Christ left heaven, came to earth, took on human form, lived a life of obedience, modeled what it meant to walk with God, voluntarily gave his life on the cross to cover our sin debt. And where is he now? It says it right there. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. What does that mean? That means that there is life after death. He rose from the dead. He's in heaven at the right hand of God the Father. It is your worldview, if you will, of time. That we don't see time merely from earth view, but we set our minds In other words, we set our calendars around things from above, from eternity. That's why we're going to give you four well-timed lessons today. And the first one I've already led into. Your worldview defines how you view time and use time. Jot it down. Your worldview defines how you view time and use time. See, if you could look at someone else's calendar and see how they spent time over the last 30 days, you would know what they really believe. Because your calendar always reflects your worldview. And your worldview gives direction to your calendar. And once you view time from God's revolutionary view, that is to say, from eternity to earth, then you understand time differently than the rest of the world. See, Jesus... (laughs) 
Jesus, when he walked the earth, he kept saying, I'm here to do the will of my Father in heaven. People would keep telling Jesus what to do at this time and how to negotiate his calendar. And they'd say, oh, you should have been over here. You should have been doing this. But if you listen to him, he kept saying, well, I'm here to do the will of my Father in heaven. In other words, I have an eternal agenda, purpose, and I manage my time on earth here below based on the priorities of the world above, eternity. That is incredibly instructive to us. That's how we should manage time. With a view of eternity. And let the eternal priorities and what's sacred give direction to how we set our calendars. In fact, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus was telling the parable. And he said there was a man who was doing incredibly well in business. He was filling all his barns. He was, in our terms, a businessman who was filling his bank accounts. And then he said, the man finally said to himself, my goodness, I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm just, I'm just good the rest of my life. This is fantastic. And then Jesus said, you fool. You, you didn't even understand time and money because you left God out. Tonight your soul will be required of you. Now what will come of the things that you accumulated? That'll happen to everyone who isn't rich toward God. When you don't understand time and money and priority because you don't start with eternity and you start with earth, you don't even know how to manage it. In fact, Jesus said you wasted your life. See, there's two different perspectives on what it means to waste your life. You either waste your life by ignoring God or you waste your life by prioritizing God. Which one do you think? Let me say them again. See, the world will tell you if you prioritize God, well, you're wasting your time and wasting your life. Because the world says that you're just an animal, an accident, a cosmic accident at best. And when you die, there's no life after death. So eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die. Party, indulge, it doesn't really matter. And if that's true, then have at it. But Jesus says that's wasting your life. You ignore God, you ignore eternity from which you came to which you will return. And you're a fool, you've wasted your life. That, that's why Paul in Colossians is telling us chapter 3, verse 10. I'll read it again. We read it last week. You have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. In other words, you have a new view, so you have a new calendar. Write that down. You have a new view, so you have a new calendar. You see, you know that you are a spirit being in the image of God that is wrapped in a physical body. And when your physical body dies, you're going to live forever with or without God. Therefore, you manage your calendar based on eternity, your worldview. There's a second lesson of the four well-timed lessons. Here it is. Jot it down. If it's not in your calendar, it's not sacred. If it's not in your calendar, write it down. If it's not in your calendar, it's not sacred. It's not what, everybody? Sacred. If it's not in your calendar, it's not sacred. In other words, if you say it's sacred, if you came off from last week and you said, okay, we figured out what's going to be sacred in our dating relationship, what's sacred in our marriage, or what's sacred in our family, and you laid that out, but if that never makes it into your calendar, it's not sacred, it's just words. See, it, it's, it's got to make it into your calendar. In fact, Paul is making notes in Colossians chapter 3, the last part, very practical, almost giving instruction on sacred. And right into chapter 4, the first couple of verses. And here's what we're going to do, a little something different. We're going to look at the scripture. We're going to read it from the message version. I'm going to read just a select segment of it, pause, and let you give a congregational response. It's almost a responsive reading, very liturgical, just like us. So your part is, that would take time. That would take time. In fact, everybody would practice that on the count of three. Everybody say, that would take time, loud and proud. Ready? One, two, three. That would take time. Very good. So, we're going to put it on the screen, and, and I'm going to read a section of Scripture, and then you're going to say, that would take time. Here we go. Let the Word of Christ, the message, the Bible, have the run of the house and run your life. Everyone, that would take time. Sure it would. In other words, he's talking about the priority of the Bible. There's another section of scripture. Let's look at it. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Everyone, that would take time. Sure it would. See, worship is a priority, a sacred priority, and that will take time. Here's another one. Wives, understand and support your husbands 
by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. Everyone, that would take time. Sure it would. Marriage takes time. Everybody understands that if you're going to be married, there's going to be investment. Here's the next one in scripture. Husbands, go all out in love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. Everyone, that would take time. Sure it was. Again, marriage takes time. Here's the next, we're just reading on in scripture. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. Everyone together, that would take time. Sure it would, parenting. Oh my goodness, that takes time, it's consuming. If that's not enough, he goes on. Here's the next scripture. Children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the master to no end. Everyone, that would take time. Sure it would. Family takes all kinds of time. It's consuming. Scripture goes on. Servants, in your daily work, do what you're told. And don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best, everyone. That would take time, yes. Career takes all kinds of time in our work. And the last one, Paul says, pray diligently. Everyone together, that would take time. Sure it would. Prayer is a priority, and it would take time. Paul is giving us a sense of the sacred because you have a view from eternity. Now go right back to the middle paragraph of your notes. I've already read it, and it will begin to make more sense. Since Jesus is at the center, new things become sacred, wholly set apart. Then we put the sacred into our calendar. Otherwise, the busy will crowd out the important. See, maybe that's why Jesus said, put first things first. Or the busy will crowd out the important. Which brings us to the third of four well-timed lessons. Put sacred things in your calendar first. Put sacred things in your calendar when? First. 30 years ago, we started 12 Stone Church. And by the way, we're going to celebrate our 30th on February the 11th. Tell your neighbor right now, on February the 11th. Just tell them February 11th so everybody knows. And it's going to be a great celebration. We're going to look back on the kindness of God. We're going to look forward to the things God is stirring. We're going to have a party afterward and some refreshments after every service across all the campuses. It's going to be a fantastic time. It's going to be marked. It's going to be meaningful. In fact, kind of one of the cool things we're going to do, which we've never done before, everybody who's here on that day, February 11th, will be able to order their own t-shirt two weeks later, get it, and you'll know why that's important. But anyhow, that's it. Anyhow, so, so we're going to celebrate our 30th. But 30 years ago, Stephen Covey published a book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And from that book, delivered one of the most powerful illustrations that literally transformed how I understand time, manage time, use time. It's one of the most practical, powerful things I ever learned about time. In fact, I want to give it to you. I want today to be helpful and practical, and this helped me immensely. And if, if, if you've never seen it before, this is going to just blow your mind and be so helpful to you. If you have seen it, this is going to challenge you again. And so these canisters represent time. Everybody has the same amount of time, 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. X number of days a month. We all have the same amount of time. And we have things that, that come into our time. And so how you fill the time really matters. For example, the sand represents just the lesser things, the lesser things in life that just come at you and, and, and they end up pouring into your life and they can consume you and they can take over. Lesser things are things like the emails that just don't have to get done, but, but you spend time. It's like managing paper and shuffling paper. It's like the, the social media pings that come in. It's getting lost online and in YouTube or on Netflix, so to speak. It's, it, it's just the things that, that they just keep coming. And really, if you were honest about it, what they mostly are is time wasters. But if you let your life get distracted and begin with time wasters, it's costly and consuming. Then there are the little stones, and everybody has them. The little stones are the little things. The little things that, well, they, 
they kind of need to get done, but the cost of not doing them isn't great. It, there's a small consequence. It's not a massive consequence. And, and so everybody has them. They come into your life. But if you give them the center of your attention first, well, it just fills up your time. And then you get to the big rocks. And when Covey was talking about this, he said, these are the things that are most important. You might just start to feel and say, oh, my work. Oh, that's, I, I got work. And I, I got, in fact, it's, it's not unlike the sacred list that, that, that Paul made. You got career things. And every day it makes demands of you. And then along with your career things, you, you got you to get done some family things and some, some marriage things. And as you, as you fill those in, you, you start realizing, oh, my goodness, I, I can't get all the sacred big rocks in. I, I, listen, I'm so busy. It's crowding out the important. Now, there's another way to do life. This is what blew my mind. I'm like, I get this life? There's another way to do life. Put first things first. Put your sacred in your calendar first. So you might take things like the sacred list you made, beginning with the eternity, and say, you know, worship of God, that's huge priority. So we just take our monthly calendar, and every seven days on Sunday, we set that time aside because we're committed to the Lord, and we have time for worship and prayer, and we, we get into the Word of God, and then our, our, our marriage is, is a priority, and so we make time for, for date night, and then we have a, a, a family night, and then we, we make time for our kids, and, and we start pouring into to critical times ahead, and we schedule those, and we say, oh yeah, that's going to be important. I, gotta, I have time for that, and, and, and I got to have time for parents. And, and I got I, I got to have time for my career, and I, I got and you just get through the list. And for us, things like togetherness and authenticity and gumption, and and they, they just you put those in first. And he says, if you put those in first, in other words, you calendar sacred things. The truth of the matter is, little things still are a part of your life. So those. Those come along and those pour in, but they start to fill in. And the little things start to fill in. He's like, you know what, if I shake my life up a little bit, oh, those, those things fill in. And there's, there's curiously a surprising amount of time for the little things, but I got all the big things and the sacred things. And then the truth of the matter is like a sandstorm. Oh, just the, the lesser things come at your life. But as they come at your life, you just make sure that they fit around everything and they have a place and, and they fit in. They just fit in around everything else. And Curiously, when you're all done, huh, it all fits. More than it all fitting, you got the most important things first. When I saw this, blew my mind. See, I, I realized I was letting lesser things and little things overtake the larger things. How you manage time determines the quality of life. It takes us to a fourth well-timed lesson. Create a closed for business sign for your family. <laughs> Create a closed for business sign for your family. I've always been captivated by Truett Cathy when he started Chick-fil-A. And he decided when he started that business that he was going to learn a principle from God. And that is, we're going to put a close for business sign on Sunday, one in every seven days. We're not going to be open. We're not going to be open seven days a week. Because while we love to work and we care about our customers, while work is important, we're not going to work seven days a week. Because work's not the only thing that we do. We have a life beyond work. And work is a great life, but it's not our only life. And then he put a close for business sign. They've done pretty well. I remember a time I'm in my 30s. We've added three kids now, and career is in full bloom, and we're working on life, and we figured out how to build that close for business sign one every seven days. I was taking a day off Thursday because I work weekends, obviously. But every other day was chaotic. I remember the come to Jesus meetings that Marsha and I had when she said, you know, honey, we're, we're not getting the life in the family that we talk about. Because you can put a close for business sign on Thursday, but you can't close for business any other time. So, so we try and do dinner, and, and, and you come home 30 minutes later, 60 minutes later, 90 minutes later. We plan, and we got kids' activities, and you're in, and then you're out, and then we can't plan on you consistently. And then, oh, I'm available, oh, I'm not available. So there's just, there's just no, no time when you really set it up so that we can consistently build into the most important things in our life. And you know what? I'd agree with her. So you know what? Honey, it's true. 
It's true, we're not getting the quality of marriage and family and life that we write on paper. And we set some rules. I can't give them all to you, but I'm, I'm going to give you three of them. We, we, we set the rule of quitting. We set the rule of interrupting. And we set the rule of phone. Let, let me tell you what I mean. We sent the rule of quitting. I, I said, you know what? I, I'm going to fix this. I, I got to change. I got to put the big rocks in, and, and I'm going to put a close for business sign. Every day I'm going to be done work with work at 530. And now if I have evening means, I do, but I'm going to quit at 530. We'll go home for dinner, and I'll go out for the evening meetings. And I'll do that only so many times a week or a month. But you can count on me. I'm going to say to people, I am closed for business. I'm going to be home. And I was consistently home by 6 o'clock. It, it shifted something. Listen, it, it, it was, it drew, it just drove me nuts. It was so difficult to change. But I wanted to build something on the other end. Hear me. S sometimes you got to be closed for business. Here's what I'm saying. Sometimes you got to shift calendar so that you can build family. You shift the work calendar to build family. And sometimes you got to shift family so you can go to work. See, that was the second one. Interruption. We made a decision. You know, we're not going to in in interrupt each other at work. Th this stuff of that if I'm working, you just interrupt me at will for anything you want, ongoing dialogue. It's, you know what? Marsha and I hardly ever, rarely ever text each other, talk to each other during the day. Now, you can do what you want. I'm not telling you this is your real rule. I'm telling you what worked for us. Because she's not expecting me to pull my head out of work or her. In fact, what we're agreeing to is when we go to work, we work. And when I work, I want to be all in. Maybe that's not your way, but I'll tell you, it was important for us. If I'm going to be on, I'm going to be on, and when I'm off, I'm going to be off. And it seemed to me that a lot of people say, oh, oh, I'm always on, which means I'm never off. And then, you know what, if you can't really figure out how to be off, I'm not sure you've really figured out how to be on. But that's, that's my world. You figure out yours, but that was an important conversation for us. We had to really navigate time management there. The third is phone calls. Man, when, when I'm home and it's family, I... I I'm not on the phone, and, and when I call, I, I don't take the call, and if I take the call, in fact, I'll tell you how it works. Jaden, our, our number four, <laughs> he gets five bucks if he catches me on the phone at home in any way related to work. In fact, when I come home, if I'm on the phone, I, I, I sneak, I like pull up quietly, and I don't open the garage door, and, and, and he's figured out what I'm doing. So, so if he comes outside and catches me, he gets five bucks. And he does that now often. He figures it out. So uh, uh, a while back, I went in the cul-de-sac, and I couldn't get off the phone on a business call, so, so I was in the cul-de-sac. He came running down to the cul-de-sac and said, I got you, I got you. I said, man, that is not fair. In fact, another time, I was on the phone with, with Jason Berry here at 12 Stone, and I had to pick uh, Jaden up from, from school that day. And I said, Jason, I got to get off the phone. Jaden's running to the car. He said, one more thing, dude. I, I got to cover one more thing. I'm like, hurry up, hurry up. It's going to cost me. And Jaden gets in the car. And then Jason says, hey, Jaden, is that you? He said, yeah, this is Jason. All right, well, I just made you five bucks. You can thank me later. And he hung up the phone. Such a jerk. <laughs> so you got to figure out a way that you're going to say family's a priority, work's a priority, and how to build the rules. The fact of the matter is, though, even when you build in those rules, it's still complicated. Because even the sacred things can collide. And I thought we ought to have a really raw, real dialogue together. So I sat down with a couple of friends of mine, Miles Welch, Corey Baker, and we had about a 13-minute conversation this week that we captured that I think will be helpful for you and your family. Listen in. Take notes. All right, guys. We're recognizing that calendars collide. Even sacred calendars collide. This is sacred. This is sacred. But sometimes it, it doesn't fit. And that can happen in all our lives. And I know it's happened in yours. So I have with me Pastor Miles Welch. You've been on staff here for several years. You yep. have uh, two girls yep. who are uh, in college now. And I have Corey Baker. You've been at the church for many years. Yeah. And uh, you help serve in leadership here. And how many children do you have? We've got six. Six. Yeah. And what's the age range? 23 to 9. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> you feel my pain? I do. A little bit. Yeah, a little okay. bit. But I'm way behind you, and I want to stay there. Yes. In fact, Miles and I, I guess our families combined, <laughs> just barely equal yours. So with that, um, I know something of, of your lives and your journey. And <sighs> worshiping God, that's sacred. 
uh, raising kids, particularly in sports, is practically sacred. And you guys have faced that. So I want real honest conversations here. So talk to me. How do you navigate? Corey, jump in. How do you navigate this travel ball and sports? By the way, uh, your sport for your family's pretty much been what, it's been Miles? Soccer. Soccer. Yeah. And the sport well, in your family? Ours is lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and I'll, I'll kind of give you our world. Our world is a world that um, we go January through June. June is all travel. It's, we're traveling to a different place every weekend, pretty intense. Four of my six kids who are still at home involved in sports, that means four different teams. So we started this week, we started with our first practice. So we'll have practices Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, every, at least one practice, usually two or three. And then we've got a high school student who will have a game sometime during the weekend. By the way, the games aren't close. They're uh, Walton County, all the way over in Marietta, Kennesaw at 530. So great timing, great timing. So we have that, and then we've got games on Saturday. So we'll have a minimum of three games on Saturday, sometimes four. So that's kind of our world and what it does to us. Mm. And there's uh, tension in that when you do the travel ball and you put mm. some limits and boundaries on that. Tell us about those. Yeah, and, and, and every family's different, but for us, um, we've kind of limited our, our, the speed in which we do life. So January through June, we're pretty intense. So the, the rec leagues or the high school leagues or whatever it may be, uh, ends in, in May. And then in June, we go to travel ball. So we'll leave on a Friday, come back on a Sunday night, and we're going to Maryland, we're going to Florida, we're going to Tennessee, you know, everywhere. You, you, you do the same thing, Miles. And, and so for us, we just limit it to that because the rhythm of our family is really one that if we go at that speed 12 months out of the year, which we could, because there's fall, lacrosse, there's all kinds of travel things you can do then, we really don't function well. So we put some guardrails, is what we call them, around our world and say, January through June, we're gonna go pretty intense. And then July through the end of the year, we, we slow things down. And you were telling me about Sundays. How do you how do you protect worship with all of the pressure of sports and uh, you kind of have some things you try and make work mm -hmm. in your family. Tell us about that. When we're gone and we're gone for Sundays and during the football season, we go to a football game over in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, every now and then. And dude, this is too early to say <laughs> Alabama can't do roll time. We, now. we occasionally <laughs> go over there. And so that takes us out. And so we'll miss church. And one of the things we decided early on, Bethany and I. Uh, with our kids is when we're home, we're at church. And we don't wake up on Sunday morning and go, hey, are we going to church today? It's a given. So if we're at home and we're not traveling, we go to church and that's accepted. And, and for us, it's nine o'clock in the morning. That's, that serves our family. So we get up and everything. And if kids are spending the night, we have two or three boys maybe spending the night and maybe a girlfriend who's gonna join us, one of my boys' girlfriends. And we'll go and, and we'll, uh, Dan Vanderwall loves our family to walk in because we double the size of the church on Sunday. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. They, 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 they're great. The ushers are great. They think about us. They save us a, an entire row. And so we come in and, but when we're at home, we're at church and it's a given every single So time. you guys have this little family rhythm thing you do on Sunday you were telling me about. Well, I don't know if it comes out of great parenting, but, but for me, um, one Sunday, I'm looking down the aisle, and, and we're all at church, and I'm looking down the aisle, and as I look down the aisle, I, I was just looking over my family, and I was thinking, man, this is great, and, and, it, and I started looking, and, and so the first child is yawning, just not that you are boring. Because it wasn't me that day, anyway. <laughs> he just didn't get enough sleep. <laughs> he just really didn't, and so he, uh, he was yawning. The next one was drawing. I had two of them that were hitting each other, and then one was just off in la-la land, and I thought, well, this is a disaster as a parent, and I thought, We've got to change this. So we go to lunch after every church, every every Sunday. We go to lunch, and we're sitting there, and I had this idea, and I said, so here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to, every time we go to church, when we come to lunch, you have to come with a takeaway. And that single takeaway is simply this. What is one thing you got out of the sermon, and how do you apply it to your life? Now, I said, you are a baker, so you'll probably have 20 or 30 of these things. <laughs> <laughs> Laughingly. Uh, but all I want is one, and here's the only rule. The rule is you can't say what Kevin said. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, I love it. That was mine. 
Instead, you have to come with a backup. So one kid can't steal from the other kid? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know my kids, they have my bloodline. They they will steal (laughs) from the other. (laughs) So the next week, we're at church, and I look down the aisle, and I notice one of my kids is, is, is on the phone, and I'm thinking he's texting, right? So I look down the aisle and just told, what are you doing? And he goes, what do you, he said, I'm, on, I'm taking my notes for my takeaway. And I remember looking at him going, of course you are. <laughs> go, and, buddy. And, and seriously, I'd forgot. <laughs> I'd forgot I'd come up with this idea. So, so, so he took it. So we go to lunch and we start going. And all of a sudden, the first Sunday we did this, somebody said, Dad, can I go first? Because if I go first, <laughs> right. I, you know, it's my one takeaway. That's right. And so that's been going on now uh, for six years, I guess, something like that. And we just had this past Sunday. We had three boys spend the night with us. One of my boy's girlfriend came with us, and we started to leave the church, literally getting up out of the chair. And literally, the boys who are staying with us go, I got first. The other one goes, I got second. I got third. And they're just they're jockeying for positions. <laughs> so your kids educated yes. them on what we <laughs> do in our family. Yes. Oh, that's yeah, spectacular. That's awesome. And Miles, you're on the other side. You've been in ministry uh, for your career, <laughs> raising your daughters, yep. really here at 12 Stone. And uh, tell us, because uh, I've heard pieces of this, Megan, uh, right. stuff my, was in her. So talk us through some well, My youngest daughter, Morgan, it was, it was a little bit easier because what she really got into was church. And so kind of the sacred mm-hmm. came together really nicely <laughs> as far as calendar, because uh-huh. we'd bring her here and family and church, it all kind of worked. And with my oldest daughter, uh, Megan, it was soccer. And you're right, it was in her. She just, uh, if there was another level to achieve, she went after it and achieved it. And, and that took more and more nights away for uh, uh, practices. And then the weekends got longer with soccer. Eventually we started traveling and travel ball. And then travel ball meant getting on a plane and flying to different parts of the country, uh, you know, on a regular basis. And it just took us completely, you know, when we were gone, uh, we were out of church. And my wife and I both worked at the church. uh, And so she was in children's at the time. And I had a little bit more flexibility on Sundays. And so I would kind of, if I could, I would go with her uh, and, and come back. And we would literally, when we're gone, just like you, when we're gone, we miss church. And when we were back, we came to church. But it was in high school, this one Sunday that it was arresting to me because uh, we stayed home and we didn't have a, a time away. And I went to church and I noticed she didn't. Who? My daughter, uh, Megan, didn't uh-huh. go to church. And so I called her and I said, honey, where are you? And she said, yeah, I just didn't go today, dad. And I went, wait, what? <laughs> and she said, yeah, I just, I just didn't go. And so I just, I got off the phone and I was, a, I, I mean, I was stunned. And I thought, I'm a pastor. <laughs> this can't happen uh, to, you know, my kids have to go to church. And I realized that I had subtly taught her uh, that church was optional. Uh, by when I, we went to travel ball, we didn't go. And so it just kind of became optional. And it wasn't her bad, it was my bad as a parent. And so I knew that I had some work after me. What'd you do that. with that? Yeah, I, well, I was, I was honestly uh, arrested, obviously. <laughs> this is a, v- a huge value to my family, huge value mm. to her. And I, and I thought, that's gonna have to change. Mm. So we came home and, and your phrase was, well, when we're home, we go to church. Right. My phrase is, church is not optional. Mm. And we just came, we just, I said, honey, church isn't optional. It's never been optional. And I think I've been uh, unknowingly teaching you that it is optional with soccer, but that's gonna, that's the end. We're gonna do church every Sunday, no matter what, it's not optional. We go to church on Sundays. We have so many options now with online and right, right now we have Monday nights. We have no reason that we can't find a service that works for us. And we just made an agreement. Church is not optional. Literally within a few weeks, she was back on track and it, it, was, it was over and it was just, it was a glitch, but oh man, I'm glad I caught it. And everybody has, every family has these real raw collisions of sacred values. Tell me some of, just for a couple of thoughts here, what are some of the sacred rhythms you have put into your family that help protect a calendar in family beyond what you've said? Just give me a couple things. Well, in my, in my house, we have, a, we have a thought and we call it just irreducible minimums. And it's just, no matter how busy we are, we do certain things. Uh, one of them is my wife and I have a date every week. 
And we just, we have to have a date every week. And I guess we've missed it over 20, you know, some years we've missed it a couple times, but we have a date every week and it's sacred to us. It's how our marriage stays together. Uh, also very important to us. And it almost just happened, but we love it so much. We keep doing it. We have coffee every morning, my wife and I, and, and if any of the girls are home from college, uh, we have coffee, could be 20 minutes, could be a little bit more. We have coffee, we connect, try to pray together every single morning, and it just start the day together. Start the day together, huge for us. That's cool. Yep. Corey, how do you put like a close for business sign in your world? You got so many kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you have to be incredibly intentional. And, and, and for our family, uh, kind of like you, Miles, and I know Kevin, you do the same thing in your marriage, Bethy and I know that our marriage is, is, is everything for our family. And if we can model it, if we love each other unconditionally, if we serve each other, everything flows from that. One of the rhythms I have personally uh, that I think all men, specifically I'm saying men, going out and coming back, and we can get so into the worlds that we're in at work, and we, we carry these hats and these responsibilities, and we're problem solvers, and we have to get things done. And I know for me, I would transition poorly for a time period in my life. And so I would go with that hat back into my family. I heard a, a guy say one time, he said, I would pull in the driveway. When I pulled in the driveway, my kids were young. And he said, toys were everywhere. And he said, it used to irritate me to death. And he said, the Holy Spirit arrested him and said, these are the gifts I've given you. And these are the byproducts of these gifts. You need to celebrate when you see them. And it changed my outlook. So I pull up and I see things. If it, I celebrate it. And I'm okay with it. And it's not my personality to go, oh, that's okay. My personality is, man, why didn't you have this done? In all reality, I appreciate it more now. So I'll, I'll pause and I'll transition a little bit better. And um, then I don't pull up in the driveway on the phone. That's a, that's a big one for me too. I'll tell you, I think it's good that you dated only every other week. Because can you imagine how many kids you would have <laughs> if you dated every week? I think that's a good But we call. would certainly be up to 10 or 12. <laughs> I've got a lot of thoughts going through my head, and I just, I just won't do it well said. You know, it seems we're at the end of this conversation. <laughs> Guys, this has been incredibly helpful. Everybody's figuring out how to navigate their sacred values into calendar. This helps all of us. Thanks. Isn't that incredibly helpful? And maybe, maybe like me, you jotted down some takeaways, like from Corey, I jotted down, we've limited the speed at which we do life, guardrails. If we did travel sports speed all the time, it would deplete our family. Man, that's insightful. When we're home, we're in church, it's sacred. Things like we don't just go to church, we engage. Man, there's some helpful stuff, miles every week. We have a sacred calendar practices, like get up for coffee, pray together, date night every week. When he said, I realized I had subtly taught my daughter that worship was optional, and I had to arrest that. See, there's insights in this as we navigate the collision of sacred things, even in our family. When we're out of town or traveling on a weekend and, and, and we miss a Sunday service, we go online. That way, with 52 weekends a year, we can be engaged in worship and keep up on what God is doing among us. What about you? See, remember, your worldview will define how you view time and use time. And so as I turn the service over to the campus pastors, we gave you some really detailed homework instructions. They're right there. In fact, I'm going to read them. Plan together. This week, go do this. Nobody can solve every calendar problem all at once. But you can progressively build a solid future for your family by putting the sacred big rocks in first. Sit down together as a couple and practice putting the sacred big rocks in your calendar for the next month. Then live it. Along the way, figure out what pebble-sized commitments need to be planned. Even plan time to relax and recover. And if you have, a, a, you have to shift a solid, sacred rock, work it out until it's back in. And then, not only plan together, but pray together. Maybe your prayer would look like this. God, our Father, give us wisdom into our calendar to do what we can do. And do for us what we cannot do as you hold us together. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's sing together.
Yes. Mm-hmm. 